Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is uh, Mudiwa Gavaza, and for today, we do get into quite an interesting topic, and that has to do with uh, the impact um, of uh, issues such as violence and crime um, on uh, the ease of doing business, but more importantly, on the impact uh, of these issues on South Africa's economy. You know, these are some of the realities of living in South Africa, but or how does it actually do? How does it bode, um, you know, for investment in South Africa, both by people in the country and then for by um, international perceptions as well. And for today, to help us uh, unpack what's happening, we are joined by uh, Kieran Fei, who is uh, the Chief Executive Officer, CEO of BNP Paribas South Africa, uh, just to give us some insight. Kiran, greetings to you today. Greetings, Mediu, and thank you for having me on the show, and uh, greetings to all your listeners. Um, within the sector, I think people are, you know, quite aware of, uh, you know, BMP Paribas um, International Company. You guys have your operations in South Africa, but for the uninitiated, uh, perhaps you could just give us some insight um, into the nature and scope of uh, BNP Paribas operations. Um, you know, before we get started uh, on uh, the di- the discussion, you know. Sure, Madhu, and thank you for the opportunity. So, BNP Paribas is a bank with its headquarters in France, with very much a, a, a bank that is European at its core, but with uh, an international reach. And we're operating across 68 countries globally, uh, with more than 193,000 employees, of which the core are in Europe, um, and with also a, a, a growing business in, in Asia, uh, a stable business in the US, and a uh, an ambition to increase our activities in, in Africa and in the Middle East. Uh, and in South Africa, it's one of the countries where we are newest in terms of our activities. And a branch we have here is only active in the last 10 years. And within that 10 years, we've also expanded our presence as a group significantly in the country uh, with the acquisition of the RCS, which is a leading consumer finance company, uh, with more than two and a half million customers across South Africa, Namibia, and Botswana. And that group is part of the BNP Paribas organization since uh, 2015. So we're now employing more than 2,000 people in the country. Um, so one of the biggest foreign banks and financial institutions from a, from a foreign bank perspective operating in South Africa. You know, for a company that has been operating, uh, you know, for a relatively short time, um, you know, as you, as you say, you know, that's actually uh, quite a presence that you've been able to uh, to amass um, in the local market. And uh, I guess that then begs the question, you know, um, against what backdrop you guys decided uh, to be part of a research project, you know, around this issue of uh, the impact of violence on uh, socioeconomic development in South Africa and particularly investment to the country? Sure, Madiwa, good question. And I think... The survey itself is very much inspired by by the work of the, the Whitaker Peace and Development Initiative, which is, as you're probably aware, led by, by Forrest Whitaker, the, the artist and, and actor, who we've been working with for a number of years on a specific partnership around the Cape Flats. Um, 
and look, we'll, I can get into the, the detail of that that partnership a little bit more uh, during the discussion. But spe specifically on the survey, this is this is the second edition of the survey um, with the specific ambition of understanding what the impact of violence is um, on the business community in South Africa, uh, as well as clearly the uh, the impacts on its citizens and on and on the wider economy. I think you, now that we've sort of set the stage, maybe you could give us, uh, you know, some insight into some of the things that you guys have found. Um, I think when I, I came across this, one of the things uh, that stuck out to me is that um, there was uh, there was that focus on, uh, you know, the issue of violence in particular, uh, because it sort of, um, I guess it sort of speaks to the reality, um, because South Africa, apart from having a a reputation around crime it's usually the the violent crimes that uh, you know uh, take up the headlines uh, so maybe you could give us some insight into you know some of the things um, you know that you're seeing you know and is it something that is uh, is it something that is really affecting business performance or uh, are, are people you know have people just accepted it as a way of life and are just continuing to operate Sure, and I think before before getting into the the survey and its findings specifically, you know, I think it's it's important to highlight at a macro level, you know, at a, at a nationwide level, you know, the findings of the survey are very much in line with and reflect the findings that the Global Peace Index research of twenty one has highlighted in terms of, you know, South Africa's ranking globally in terms of its positioning on the peaceful index, right? And, and when the global peace index assesses 100, 165 countries, what's interesting is South Africa is ranked 123, which means it's it's almost in the the upper quartile in terms of most violent countries, right? So so this is a global assessment which ranks South Africa just outside of the top quartile. I think you're you're probably just in the 74, 73 percent uh, positioning in that uh, in that in that survey. Um, uh, and I think the other interesting observation of that survey, and again, it's, it's at a more national and international level than the survey we have undertaken, which is quite uh, regional and local in its um, in its population. And I think. I think the other key observation of the, the Global Peace Index was that 50% of people in South Africa you know, see violence as the greatest risk they face in their daily lives. So, and it is no surprise that violence has increased since the onset of the pandemic. And this is you know, very much in line with the trends observed in, in many developed countries. But again, the, the purpose of the survey is really to understand how this plays out in, in South Africa. So in terms of the findings themselves, I think what made for us the most stark reading is the the exponential increase we've seen over the last year, because again, this is the second survey that we've undertaken. And over the last 12 months, in terms of the population we've surveyed, they've reported incidents of physical violence increasing from 38% to 59%. Now, I would highlight that these are, these are statistics that are assessed primarily in particularly high crime areas within the, the Cape Flats and uh, in uh, areas close to closer to Johannesburg.
Um, Kieran, just as you are, you know, um, just going through some of those findings, uh, curious to understand um, how the how the survey was actually conducted. Was it talking to um, business people, you know, in the Cape Flats? Was it talking to people in and around Cape Town? Like um, who was actually being spoken to? Yeah. So we surveyed 500 individuals. The majority were, were residents in the Cape Flats areas and other townships. We also had a, a population of, of corporate uh, respondents. And we also tapped into a number of the, the trainers that we are working closely with as, as part of the, the Whitaker Peace uh, and Development Initiative. So it's, it's a range across all of those uh, different um, representatives. Okay, that's certainly yeah. Okay, fine. From that point of view, you know, it does, uh, you know, it does make sense. Um, so from you know, from what you can see, um, what type of metrics were you, um, were you guys sort of judging? Because you did mention just now, um, that one that you guys had a stock, uh, stock reading where you saw, um, increases between the first, you know, study that you guys did and the second one. You know, what were some of the things that you know were jumping out or that you guys saw, you know, rising? exponentially as you said yeah i think one of the most notable was particularly from a corporate perspective was the the the, the increase in absenteeism um and out of the population of the 500 people that i just referenced you know 75 percent of those were absent from work over the last 12 months for some issue either directly or indirectly related to violence. Um, so I think, you know, clearly we have a situation in, in these communities where, you know, this issue of violence is having a significant impact both on employees themselves as individuals um, and also on their employers. Um, and then on a more broader rate, you know, when we discuss with the employers, you know, they're reporting absenteeism rates uh, of close to, to 20 percent. Um, you know, and that type of absenteeism is clearly imposing additional costs on businesses, right? Either, you know, due to lower productivity, um, but also I think some of the violence and some of the, you know, unfortunate events that we've seen, right, in July uh, in in KZN primarily, um, but also some of the, the more recent issues around, you know, the the taxi um, disagreements in in around Cape Town. You know, we've also we've also seen employers have to incur additional costs on their businesses, either by you know arranging safe transport for employees to their place of work, or as we've seen ourselves in in Johannesburg in July, you know, in, incurring costs of accommodating staff that are operating in essential functions, you know, very close to our office so that we could be guaranteed that they could show up for work the next day. Yeah, it really does sound as if, you know, it's such a it's such a tough state, um, you know, to be operating in and especially when you you know, here on the ground, um, some of those issues and how they're affecting people. Um, you know, the absenteeism thing that you, you know, that you that you mentioned, and the fact that you have businesses saying literally that one of their biggest risks to operating is 
you know, the, the threat of violence. You'd think that businesses should be worried about, you know, access to funding, access to markets and all of that stuff. But, you know, to hear that it's actually violence that they think of as a big risk. Yeah, I, I wanted to just spend a little bit of time um, checking on perception. And I think it also helps that, you know, BNP, you know, is relatively new to the South African market. So there was probably, um, you know, all of those things to think about when BNP was coming into South Africa to say, you know, does this, um, does that reputation of uh, of violence, does it precede uh, South Africa or is it just something that um, we tend to deal with on our own here in South Africa? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like, we're new in the, in the country over the last decade. I myself am new. I've just arrived in this position at the end of, at the end of August, beginning of September. Um, and, you know, to put it into context, over the last couple of weeks, you know, we hear about the, the energy crisis as being one of the key issues facing the country and the key constraints uh, the country faces in terms of attracting investment. And, uh, you know, I, I, can, I can categorically say outside of South Africa, and at least in my time just before moving in Europe and even in recent weeks, it does not make the headlines in, in the major centers globally, right? But, you know, when I was sitting in Paris in July, I can tell you what did make the headlines, right? And it was, and it did not make for pleasant viewing. Um, so I, I think it is an important factor that, that companies do give consideration to, right? I think the security for of the assets and, and safety of employees and well-being of employees is a is a key consideration for every international company before they take a decision to invest. You know, the African continent over the last twelve months and during uh, during twenty twenty in particular saw a huge drop in FDI. I think it was something like sixteen percent. But South Africa over the same time, has seen a drop of close to 40% in FDI. Now, there's clearly a number of factors behind that, that weakness in FDI, right? Not all South Africa-specific, and then COVID also playing a part. But there is no doubt that you know increasing social unrest, um, unfavorable violence uh, reports, uh, high levels of corruption, combined with the other structural issues we all know well about, right? The electricity that I mentioned earlier uh, and the logistics constraints, right? All of these play a factor. So, you know, it's difficult to just highlight violence as being an issue, as, as being the issue. It is, it is an issue. Um, it is an issue that foreign companies will give consideration to. Uh, not just from the security and safety point that I talked about earlier, but also the additional costs of doing business that result from violence being being prevalent in in certain areas uh, and in, in and across the country. 
Okay, no, I, I, I definitely I definitely get you from there and especially um when you do that contrast between um you know what's going on on the African continent versus what's going on here in terms of some of that uh you know some of that FDI flow. And I think that then, you know, helps us um to then talk about, you know, those international perceptions to say, um because you know the, that issue of violence is something, um, you know, to your point, to your earlier point about uh, you know ensuring or maintaining the health and safety um, of uh, the health and safety of uh, of employees um, and all of that um, is to say, do you think that this is an issue that is because of course. Of course, it's an issue that has to be taken alongside the other factors, you know, that uh, feed into the investment case. But um, that issue, is it something that tends to affect the people more on the ground uh, from what you guys can see? Um, or is it something that then um, has that wider effect of, you know, uh, maybe getting people from outside that would otherwise have invested in a place like Cape Town or the Cape Flats or any other place in South Africa to think twice, uh, you know, before they do it. I guess I'm, I guess the question I'm asking is about whether the local reality trumps um, the, the perception of, um, of, of, of what things are on the ground. No, but anyway, look, that's, that's a very, very pertinent question. And, and I don't mean to be overly negative because I think, you know, we we just talked about the FDI being so so badly impacted by you know over the, by, by the pandemic in particular over 2020. But look, there, there's no question that compared to other African countries, uh, South Africa continues to have a huge potential and and huge you know assets that attract foreign investment. Right there. There is a lot for this country to be optimistic about in terms of its favorable, demo, favorable demography, right? It's it's a diversified, productive, and advanced economy more than any other country in Africa. You know, abundant natural resources, a, a best-in-class legal system, and political stability that you don't find in most of the African countries, right? So there's a lot of attractions in this country, and you're absolutely right. Those are important factors that companies will consider when they choose to make an investment. Um, I think for me, it, it comes back to this, you know, safe, safety and security of the assets that they invest in, right? And again, that's a, we saw, you know, destruction of assets at an unprecedented scale uh, during July. Um, it, I'm not saying that will wholesale see foreign direct investment not take place. I think it just it's just another factor which will, in certain cases, work against the investment thesis. I'm not saying it will absolutely result in a halt or be a be the decisive factor in in a foreign direct investment decision. But I think for me everything a country can do Particularly a country that struggles to, to, to attract foreign direct investment at the level that it needs to. That country, right, at the corporate sector level, at the, uh, at the government, all levels of government and communities, I, I think needs to, to make a, a concerted effort to address the issue of violence because it just removes every negative you can remove, you know, 
gives you a better chance of securing an investment or of securing more investment, both in the Cape Flats and in any other location across the country. Right? The more, the more safe, the more stable, the more um, secure an environment, the easier it is to attract investment. You know, one of the things I'm reflecting on is that um, a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, last month, in fact, around this time, I was in Dubai for the Dubai Expo. And uh, it was for South Africa's launch, you know, because it is a six month, you know, sort of trade fair. And, uh, you know, the, the, the South African contingent had gone there to sort of launch their campaign uh, for international investment and, you know, trying to drive uh, FDI to the country because that's one of uh, President Ramaphosa's uh, biggest, um, you know, uh, draws at the moment is, you know, trying to fix the economy and all of that. And in just engaging with people there, um, it seemed um, that that perception about South Africa um, and uh, it being a somewhat dangerous place to to work and live is, is somewhat pervasive. And um, I guess it was one of those things that stuck out to me because you know when you're living in a certain situation, it's a reality, and it's not it's not a great reality. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just part of the reality. And not to say we create a blind spot, uh, but you sort of then realize what it does you know to that international perception especially um when you think about south africa the fact that over 40 percent of the bond market you know government bonds are being sold to you know to foreign investors so that foreign contingent is very important a lot of flows into the johannesburg stock exchange um etc i mean even companies like BNP Paribas, what we exactly what we're talking about right now. Um, you know, there's a lot of interest in the country, but you know, some of these uh, real human issues of you know, are my people going to be safe? Am I going to be safe? You know, really do feed into uh, the wider investment case for the country. So whilst we talk about energy, whilst we talk about uh, Moody's and S and P and ratings, etc., uh, there is just that real um, issue of you know, my physical safety. How does that, you know, feed into, um, you know, that investment case from the country? Um, so, yeah, I, mean, you, I, of, I, think, uh, I think, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, too concerned from an executive's perspective like myself, right? We we assess the risks before we <laughs> jump in a plane and come to this wonderful country. And we, 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 we take a very balanced view and we, and we, we, we know we can have uh, arrangements where we're, where we're well looked after. I think it's it's more the case. It is more the case of employers needing their employees, right, on the, on a day to day basis to be people who can live a secure and safe life, right? Because the reality is, if they cannot, right, the chances of them not making it to their place of work, the chances of them not being fully able to engage in their place of work, or you know, work to their full potential, right? All of these things. Are, are a negative from an employee perspective, particularly for, you know, companies that that have a more labor-intensive um, than a capital-intensive business model. Um, and uh, you know, you, companies want their people to be working to their best potential, right? And clearly, we've seen from this survey that violence is one of the key blocking points in certain parts of the country um, from stopping that happening. Mm, mm. 
So as we sort of uh, are drawing to the end of this discussion, um, you know, Kieran, given everything that, uh, you know, that we've spoken about, um, were there any any bright shoots um, or any any positives at all uh, that came out of the research? Because uh, we've spent a lot of time during this discussion, you know, highlighting, uh, you know, the negatives. And it's it seems somewhat ironic to, you know, to try to find any types of positives um, when, when one is talking about violence in the country but um i think it would just be you know interesting to find out you know are there any positives whether it's certain types of crime going down certain types of violence act coming down um are there any green shoots out there i think it's probably unrealistic to expect that any type of violence would have improved through the pandemic that we're, we've been through and continue to live through in some respects so look i think the green shoots and, and, and the positives are, are the ones we touched on, anyway, in terms of the, you know, the, the great assets that that exist in this country, uh, and those factors that do attract investment and will continue to. Um, I, I think for me, the real value that's coming from from this survey is is awareness, right? What we've what we want to do now that we have these, you know, in many cases very stark statistics and, and findings is just to make particularly the business community aware, to make the, uh, the local and regional governments take, take note and also to continue to engage communities like we try to do as a corporate with the, the Whitaker Peace Development Initiative right? and continue to develop with the local communities in these areas that are suffering the scourge of this violence and you know, continue to develop young people, which is what we're making a concerted effort to do, young people in these communities to become ambassadors for peace and to skill them with the ability to um, de-escalate issues in their local communities and to continue to promote uh, peace and, and anti-violence measures at, at every opportunity. Um, so for us, you know, the potential positives are hopefully having more impact through increasing awareness. Uh, and hopefully, you know, as we have tried to engage with those communities directly ourselves with, with RCS uh, as our consumer finance arm in particular, uh, to try to lead by example, and hopefully we see other corporates follow in terms of similar initiatives. Uh, perhaps that can be our last point, Kieran, uh, you know, as a, as a follow-up to what you've just said, uh, to maybe get a sense of uh, the type of engagement, uh, but more importantly, the attitudes that you guys get from um, the engagements that you guys have been, you know, yeah, yeah, that you've been able to get. And, uh, you know, as RCS, you know, how, how does, you know, things like this uh, affect their own, you know, operations or at least their own customer base? Uh, when it comes to you know stuff like that yeah i mean it's very much it's their own employees right the, you know the feedback from the team at rcs is all of the issues that i just highlighted in terms of you know people not making it to work people not being able to work to their full potential you know they live and see it every day um and i guess they what they've tried to do and i, I think it's important for employers in these areas to do you know is understand that your employees who are living in these high crime areas are very exposed. And it's important that we engage with them on a personal level 
as our employees to support them through through these challenges in every way possible. Um, so I, I think it's just a it's an awareness issue, not just about the violence that's out there, but an awareness issue for employers to realize that you know they will have staff and team members that are are, are living through these challenges on a on a day to day basis. So I think that's how we we like to engage as as an employer. Then as a, as a company that's present in, in these communities, it's, it's very much about the work we do with the WPDI and engaging and training these, um, these young people to try to spread, you know, the, uh, the initiative of peace and development through their communities. And, and, and again, skill them to be able to de-escalate and help uh, manage local or domestic situations in their communities. So that's been it. Uh, we were talking. Uh, we were talking to uh, to Kieran, who is uh, from uh, from BNP Paribas. He is uh, he is uh, heading the South Africa uh, the South Africa unit for BNP Paribas, which is a financial services firm that is based um, over in France, giving us some insight into some of the research that they recently did. Um, you know about the state of um, what do you call this uh, about the state of uh, violence in South Africa and specifically how all of that is you know feeding into the investment case uh, for South Africa uh, they went around you know conducting you know surveys talking to people um, in uh, in places like the Cape Flats um, also you know getting uh, their own uh, team and employees you know from RCES which is a business that they recently bought uh, you know getting in on that and he's highlighting the fact that um, it's very important, uh, you know, particularly from an employee point of view, to ensure uh, that uh, people are taken care of, that people feel safe in their work environments, and that uh, as employers there is that responsibility. And also at the same time, taking time to actually go um, into the communities within which businesses operate, because at the end of the day, um, you know, the safety of a certain community uh, can have a direct impact on the top line and bottom line for a company. So, Kieran, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much for having me on. This is Mudiwa's Take. Really important discussion, you know, that we're having with Kieran about uh, the impact of uh, violence and crime on uh, South Africa's investment case. And as I said, it's one of those things that really feeds into uh, the perceptions around, you know, South Africa and the country. And we, it, it's one thing to think about it within the context of, uh, you know, you know, bodily harm, hijackings. We see these things happening on a daily basis, and it's, uh, you know, truly terrible. Uh, but when you when you then take a step back, you then realize that you know apart from causing harm uh, to specific uh, you know specific individuals, to families and communities, um, those types of things have the have a wider impact um, of uh, causing you know people that would otherwise invest in the country you know to shy away from such investment, and you know that in a sense you know 
could actually be seen as one of those things uh, that uh, then adds uh, to the you know to the growing problem that we see um, in the country because you then have reduced um, you then have reduced investment possibly coming into the country um, you know that would otherwise be employing certain people um, you know jobs in certain areas um, you know you know all of those different things and it's something that you know affects uh, you know the country as a whole and at a time where South Africa is grappling with such a high unemployment rate um, you know consumer pockets are under pressure all of these things um, the economy is working uh, you know the country is trying to get the economy back to where it was even before COVID all of those different losses you know things like crime don't help in any way uh, when it comes to that and it's one of those things that has far uh, you know reaching uh, far reaching consequences not only because um, it's terrible for you know for the victims of such crimes but um, for the wider impact that it has um, on our communities uh, on our cities um, on our provinces and the country as a whole And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcasts on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Murio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.